Hello and welcome to Humans Beyond Resources, an HR podcast by Reverb where we cover topics from culture to compliance. Reverb believes that every decision a leader makes reverberates throughout the organization, from hiring your first employee to training your entire workforce. We believe in building healthy, inclusive cultures that engage your team. I'm your host, Sarah Wilkins. I'm excited to welcome Daniel Bolas, CEO and founder of Club Health, to talk to us about personalization of wellness benefits. Welcome, Daniel. So glad to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. I think it would be great just to start by sharing what Club Health is and how did you get started? Good question. So Club Health is a modern employee wellness platform, and it's proven to be up to three times more engaging and impactful than a traditional wellness stipend. So how it works, you simply give your employees a monthly wellness stipend, and they can choose their own health and wellness subscriptions from our curated marketplace. So this includes products spanning mental health, fitness, nutrition, family life, financial wellness, chronic disease management, and more. And so we handle all subscription management and distribution in the central platform to make it as simple and engaging of a platform as possible. And we actually got started during the pandemic as a response to the growing need and demand to improve and update our corporate wellness offerings, uh, especially for distributed teams. That's great. We'll get to this in a moment, but I like how expansive it is on what is provided, right? Because wellness is very expansive. Why why is wellness important to you? And, you know, to expand on, you know, why you started um, this business during the pandemic? Yeah, so just a little background on myself. I come from a big fat Lebanese family in Birmingham, Alabama. Shout out to them. And uh, (laughs) wellness is important to me because I've seen firsthand how sometimes narrow definitions of wellness can really negatively impact individuals from diverse cultures. So just a personal example about my personal life is I... I've really tried hard to get into meditation and kind of the the culture around meditation is predominantly what I would call like speech-based meditation. So you have someone speaking in a very soothing tone, which can be really great for a lot of people and walk you through different exercises. But that just never really worked for me. And I thought I would I thought I had a big problem around like meditating correctly. And I kind of thought I was a meditation flunk out. And uh, what I realized is someone one day came, approached me and asked if I had ever tried music therapy. And I thought that was very interesting because I'm a musician. I played saxophone my whole life. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's awesome. And so I tried it and I actually really, really enjoy Uh, music-based meditations and um, using that has helped me kind of press my emotions well and kind of uh, move on and and I think that is something is just a small example about how important it is to make sure that your wellness offering is inclusive to your broader uh, employee population. Thank you for sharing that example, because I feel like a meditation flunky. I have tried (laughs) and tried, but I have never tried the sound therapy. So maybe just maybe that will work for me. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. (laughs) 
you just mentioned kind of making sure your wellness programs um, are inclusive. And so I think I want to dive into like, how do you define wellness, right? And not just a very exclusive way. Right. I, I think that's a fantastic question. It's, it's also a very tricky question because the answer, in my opinion, is that there isn't a definition. And I think that's very important, especially as leaders of organizations, to recognize that there's not one fixed definition for all of your employees as to what wellness is, and kind of allowing um, yourself and your programs to, to think about wellness flexibly, and how, and maybe listen to stories from your employees about what it means to them. Um, now, if I had to define it <laughs> to, for myself, I, I like to think about wellness as everyday health, so daily health. And I think that's so critical and kind of why we're branded as club health um, and we focus on this concept of daily health is because we really think that sometimes wellness gets sidelined as this nice to have you know, if all your ducks are in a row and you can kind of add it on as like some icing on the cake if everything's going well. But in the context of thinking about it as daily health, suddenly um, it just helps reframe how important this actually is um, because what you do in your everyday life really defines your overall health and wellness. So I just think that's a good way to think about it. <laughs> I like that, the everyday health, because I know we we hear the term self-care and it feels hard to prioritize those things, but it's really important to think about how you can fit those things into your everyday versus making it this big, huge thing that you need to, yeah, right. <laughs> always make a lot of time for. Exactly. So, you know, given that the definition can be really different based on, you know, the individual and you're working with a company, where do you start as far as like defining, you know, a wellness program that is inclusive and gives people, you know, the opportunity to use what is best for them? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. And to, to kind of maybe not answer it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to answer it, I, I think to start is, is just to start. Um, a lot of times we shy away from uh, maybe thinking about wellness in more complex ways and, and how we can improve on existing programs that we may have or, or just kind of these standard uh, wellness programs that already exist. And I think it's very important, especially as we broaden that definition of wellness in our corporations to start by um, actually thinking more complexly about it and, and talking to employees and, and seeing what's on their minds and, and what, what they value and what's important to them. And so just in our own platform, Club Health is, is kind of how we, we do that through this marketplace approach where employees can select the benefits that are most important to them um, in, in this larger wellness context. And th that provides a great way to kind of get insights as to what your employees care about. Uh, so we don't, we kind of anonymize what employees are actually buying, but, but we can provide aggregated insights and, and some of the results can be quite surprising on an organizational level and can be very beneficial to understand as a leader. Yeah, that's great. And I like 
how you said, just start and then also ask people. So, you know, I think one way that you can ask is through some type of engagement survey or benefit survey or what kind of support the team needs. Um, another thing would be a pilot. I know we personally ran a pilot with Club Health with a subset of our, you know, employees. And we found that to be really successful and it allowed everybody to kind of personalize what they wanted to use. So I'm excited because that pilot, you know, informed our ability to roll that out to you know the rest of the team yeah and shout out to reverb shameless plug (laughs) but um what i love about working with a company like reverb is is that exact um kind of flexibility to try new things and ask for feedback and learn and, and adapt i think that's one of the most powerful um qualities you can have as a company and as a leader Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been great to work with y'all. Yeah. To keep going on like, you know, wellness programs and what have you learned? You just mentioned, you know, flexibility to try new things, but what else have you learned about what makes a wellness program successful at companies? Yeah, I guess I'll start answering that by describing certain metrics we look at to see if a wellness program is, is working. And I think one of the top metrics, it's pretty basic, but just sheer engagement and uh, are employees actually involved in the program? Are they signing up to things? Are they um, coming back to the program and maybe adjusting what what they're doing? And I think that's just so important because again, often wellness gets sidelined and employees may get lost in as far as where where does this actually exist in my company benefits? And so that's something we track very closely, just the sheer amount of engagement because again you could have the best wellness program in the world but if employees aren't engaged it's it's not super meaningful right and so i think engagement personalization like you said is super critical especially dealing with health and wellness it's it's very personal right very mm-hmm. and everyone has a different journey and kind of needs different things at different times of their life we all have different stages of life that we go through So I think that personalization and diversity of offering is really important. Um, And then, like I said, just kind of taking the time as as the leader yourself or whoever's deciding to deploy these benefits as to learning like what wellness means, not just for yourself, but for those around you. I think that's so important. Often we see leaders who have who are are like some of the healthiest people I know (laughs) individually. (laughs) But it can be easy to maybe kind of impose how you've become healthy in your wellness journey on your organization. And I think it's so critical to understand that different people respond to different ways of their own wellness journeys. And and just being open to that is is really helpful. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I like that you pointed out the leader has a part in it as well, right? It's not just um, implementing it and saying, you know, this is how I did it, but modeling it, learning how it can be personalized to, you know, everybody um, and having that approach where people can use what they need um, allows that like personalization. What are some common challenges in employee wellness that you see either, you know, challenges that people are facing or challenges that companies get into with with these programs? Yeah, I guess kind of similar themes to what we've been talking about. One is kind of understanding that engagement piece. So 
again, even if you have a lot of amazing wellness benefits that kind of span your organization, just understanding where people end up interacting with that is important. And if they truly understand what benefits are available to them and how they approach those and when they approach those, I think that's very important. Um, I think leading, to your point, leading by example is really important. I saw a recent article that I, I think, I think Reverb posted this. It's about how, how critical and important a role your boss plays in your wellness. And I think a lot of leaders don't quite understand just how large of an impact they personally have on, on the people that they are leading. And it's just little things like as simple as just to give a random example, this didn't happen, but to, to highlight something small that makes a big impact. If you're talking about meditation, for example, in your company and say your leader just has that ever so slight like eye roll or it shows like an ever like some super small way that they don't really understand what meditation is or they don't agree with it actually do think that has a massive impact on how the rest of the organization feels um, about these, you know, kind of diverse wellness offerings and, and their, their understanding of like how okay it is <laughs> to engage in some of these uh, mental health exercises that, that can have some stigma behind them. Yeah. The leading by example is so important. And I think like our leaders or Michaela in particular really models a great, you know, I'm going to go out and take a walk right now, you know, and make sure people know it's like, I'm unplugging for a bit, it's sunny outside or, you know, really unplug during vacations is another way to kind of work on your health. Right. And so having a leader model, model good things um, yeah. and, you know, steer clear of wellness is, is a great example of that. Absolutely. It's so important. <laughs> if you're a leader, just understand how critical it is for you to model that. Yeah, absolutely. What can companies do to foster a culture that supports well-being beyond, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of the things you probably already mentioned really yeah, fall yeah. into this, but yeah, any kind of like ways that you would add or sum up what we've been talking about? Yeah, I think you just mentioned it. And, and that's also super important as a leader to understand. But when you mentioned that um, your CEO, Michaela, right? mm -hmm. um, when she says, hey, I'm going on a walk. So what? how I would compare this to wellness is, again, thinking about wellness as daily health. Daily health takes time, right? And if your organization, if there's no time built in to practice daily health, then it can be really overwhelming to go through a whole day at work and then go home and do all of your home responsibilities and then, you know, you're exhausted and you're like, oh, I should focus on daily health. And then you're like, or I could just go to bed. <laughs> and I, I think it's so important for lead leaders to model that, right? That not only that they're doing these things, but they're taking time, potentially during work hours mm -hmm. to do so. And I think that's just so valuable and goes such a long way. It really does. Um, I, I love that because it gives me the permission to step out when I need to, right? Yeah, Yesterday, it was sunny outside. We're in Seattle. Um, and so <laughs> yeah. it was sunny. And I just walked outside and I stood in the sun for like a minute. And I came back and told the team and others went and did the same thing because it just gave 
me energy. And then it, you know, allowed others to like, take that little pause, go get some energy from the sun and, you know, um, come back refreshed. So that's great. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've realized how important sunshine is to me. Any closing thoughts or things that you would want to say to leaders in companies that, you know, are trying to figure out what to do with wellness in their teams? I guess, first of all, thank you for listening. (laughs) I think, you know, to our point of just the first step is to get started. I I think listening to, um, you know, different ways companies are doing this is is a great way to get started. And just thinking about it, um, even if you don't end up implementing anything, I think just exploring the concepts is, is a great foundation that you can then share with your team and start building that culture where eventually one day you do add these benefits to your uh, benefits offering. So I just think, you know, I, I think a lot of times in podcasts, we don't thank the audience enough for listening to to the topics that we're talking about. So So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for um, acknowledging that. And I think, like you said, just getting started is any is something as simple as like, encouraging people to go on a walk, it doesn't need to be a massive program, or, um, you know, have a lot of spend associated to it. It's just how do you help people do those things daily that, you know, contribute to their overall well being. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really great to um, have you on today. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans Beyond Resources. Visit ReverbPeople.com to find free resources, subscribe to our newsletter, and connect with our team. If you haven't already, subscribe to stay up to date on all of our upcoming episodes. We look forward to having you as part of our community.